Hello, and welcome to Surviving HG, the Truth About Plant Medicine podcast. I'm your Canadian host, Tori Moline, and I can't wait to share with you all the brave, untold stories of women who faced hyperemesis gravidarum and courageously chose to use plant medicine. These stories carry with them raw experiences, brave vulnerability, and ultimately the intuitive powers HG moms have deep within inside of us. This podcast marries two untalked about subjects, HG and the generation of women who were silenced, and the natural yet stigmatized powers of the cannabis plant. HG is the picture-perfect illness candidate for cannabis, but because it involves pregnancy and growing a baby, doctors in the medical world are reluctant to try it and to recommend it. Decades worth of propaganda still contributes to many people, including these doctors, outlook on plant medicine. In some places like the UK or Texas, for example, HG moms who choose to use cannabis out of survival to save them and their baby are persecuted. In other places, HG moms are given a hard time by social workers, family members, partners, hospital staff, and their OB and midwife. HG moms deserve justice after centuries of suffering. HG moms deserve to know about plant medicine as an option during HG pregnancies. HG moms deserve to know there are other women fighting just like them and making the brave decision to go against the social norms and choose plant medicine. HG moms need education, resources, and community after centuries of being deprived from it. These stories you are about to hear are from moms who bravely shared them in hopes of helping create change for future HG generations. These stories deserve to be heard. These stories deserve to be protected. And these stories deserve to be shared and listened to. These are the untold stories of HG plant medicine moms. This next episode is from a mom who experienced hyperemesis gravidarum in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, This mom reached out when I started to post about HG and my ARFID struggles. This mom also struggled with ARFID herself, as well as a previous eating disorder prior to her HG pregnancy. Uh, This mom is someone who I've been in contact with for quite a little while. She was probably one of the first people to reach out to me on my on my TikTok and we began to talk about the similarities between what happened to us and um, just the the challenges of having hyperemesis gravidarum, not getting those answers we needed from the doctors and not necessarily having the support from the people around us. Um, So me and this mom, uh, we've, (laughs) we've become very good friends now and I am so proud of her for coming onto this podcast and sharing her story. She does wish to remain anonymous and that is very understandable. And so without further ado, here is a HG mom from Vancouver's story. Let's begin. So um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about your life prior to HG. What, what, what were you up to before? So actually, like, that year, I just started working with my sister in Langley, and I'd live in Vancouver so it was about a two-hour commute in the mornings Uh, and then in the night actually was sometimes worse because the sky train was really messy but um yeah I started working at SuperSave for payment entry which was actually really nice 
Mm. I actually had a whole routine going on. It was really good. I was like getting up early in the morning. It was amazing. It felt great. And then I had to be out the door for like 5.30. And then, yeah, it was. I had like a whole routine for my weeks and days. And like I got pregnant in August and that kind of shifted my whole routine and everything. And I was just kind of trying to survive the days. That's right. It was like the commute and everything like eight hours work was fine because at least I had like a a washroom available, but um, the commute for two hours was like horrible. Oh my goodness. I can only imagine. I'm sure we'll get to some of those stories. Um, So let's, let's go back in time to when you first got pregnant there in August of, so August, 2022, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, Now, what did that look like? Uh, When did you know that, you know, it was something more than morning sickness? Sorry, it was actually August, 2021. And I think, so it was probably around week seven when I wasn't even able to like drink water most days. Wow. So week seven, it really kicked in and you're what were your thoughts at that time? Did you have any knowledge of like morning sickness? Anyone in your family getting sick at all? Um, so my mom would honestly tell me just like sometimes some women just throw up more and that's just kind of what I would get from her. And like a lot of people would just be like, really, you're still throwing up? Like that's weird. And they would just kind of try to help me with food options and stuff like that and it was just I was just not being heard and I like no one was honestly like being like oh maybe it's HD oh right I actually I think I started finding out near the end of my pregnancy when you were actually um starting your TikToks and stuff right and it kind of perhaps connected those dots for you saying hey like oh my gosh this is happening to me too (laughs) Yeah, literally. So your doctor during this time, what role did they play? What kind of information did they have for you? Did you tell them about the full extent of what was going on with you? Uh, Yes, actually, I did tell it was I was with midwives and I actually did tell them that I was smoking cannabis as well. And they just did not like that. They just honestly kept on wanting to get me off of that and um, have like go on Zofran and stuff okay, instead. Yeah. So what were their medication yeah. options that they gave you? I think it was Zofran um yeah. multiple times. And then I just kept on denying it because I was just like, I'm not gonna like I don't wanna because I've already smoked weed mm-hmm. like throughout the first half of it to um like help myself. And then like I was just like telling them like it's I don't want to switch the drug, you know, because that could also cause some other effects too. Like, you know, yeah, you had a lot of anxiety kind of surrounding all of that. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I actually went in for a six-week appointment when I first found out that I was pregnant, and I was just letting them know that like I wasn't really having cravings because mm-hmm. I wasn't really throwing up at that point. Like I was throwing up, but it was kind of like closer to morning sickness than HG. But I wasn't either. I wasn't having cravings as well, so I wasn't actually wanting to eat either. Yeah, yeah. So it was just weird. And then that's when they actually started um, 
prescribing me Zofran. And I was just like, I don't want to, like, they didn't even hear me out on anything. It was just like, here. Yeah. They didn't give you the term hyperemesis gravidarum, probably. Hey, yeah. Never. Not even my midwives. So problematic. So they they gave you Zofran, but they didn't tell you, like, what the main main reason behind Zofran is. (laughs) That is crazy. Um, Now, did you ever encounter, since you did tell them about your cannabis use, did you ever encounter them blaming your puking on cannabis? No, actually. Okay, that's good. Some moments told that. Really? Yeah, no, they were just really concerned about like the effects it was gonna have. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so now during your pregnancy, you kind of you said you used cannabis for that first half, and then so you were given this Zofran to try and help you. You didn't want it. So then you chose to continue using that cannabis, hey? Yeah. Uh, so what did that look like for you? How did how did you consume cannabis? So um, most we were kind of like low on money back then. So so a lot of the times my husband would try to have like flour. Yeah. Um, but his smoke of choice was um, concentrates. So shatter. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like a mix of both of them. But when I would do concentrates, it would be like way smaller. And I would probably have like one toke. Okay. Um, for that but like when it was flour I'd probably like take like a tiny bong toke um probably about 15 minutes before I was about to eat yeah so like three times a day usually because I was eating breakfast lunch and dinner trying to yep um so during that time oh I was gonna ask too for the concentrates did that Okay, because I'm a flour consumer and that was what helped with my nausea vomiting. Did the concentrates help as much as the flour in your opinion? I think, okay, so once you get past, because it does like burn your throat more, I find. So it did trigger me throwing up in the in the start of it. But once I got past that, it actually, it made me feel better for a, a, a lot longer than flour I can relate to that very much like in the beginning because you're just getting used to your body and this puking that you're experiencing. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it can be triggering. And I've heard that. So people uh, sometimes people just turn away from cannabis because of that trigger, but it's like, sometimes you just got to get through that. It kind of sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, So then let's kind of talk about towards your let's say third trimester so did you have hg was it pretty strong in third trimester too yeah i i actually think um i gave birth at seven months so 31 uh weeks and five days so i actually think that is one of the reasons why because i wasn't my body was honestly shutting down i think i remember my brain honestly at random points um throughout the day just being like i'm probably like if i continue on with this gonna pass away like I won't be able to handle it anymore um pro- like before I was pregnant I was dealing with anorexia for five ish years so I was already having like a weight gain problem yeah. and then I got pregnant and I was like assuming that I was gonna gain weight but then I gained about 10 pounds <laughs> in the first trimester and then I started losing weight up until I gave birth yeah. so Wow. How much did you like lose total pregnancy? Do you remember? It was about 15 pounds because I was so 
when I got pregnant, I was around 115. Um, the max I weighed was around like 125, 127-ish. And then by the time I gave birth, I was again like 110. Wow. Wow. And you're, I can't believe your doctor just kind of like watched that happen or your midwife was just like, every time I, every time I went into my appointments, they would literally, oh my goodness, was, you've got very high blood pressure, but baby is very happy. And I'm like, is the high blood pressure a concern? Because <laughs> I'm also throwing up every day. I can't drink water. I can't consume food. They're like, well, we can do some tests. You can have these pills. I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. Do you think at all, because sometimes I reflect on this, do you think because you gave birth like during COVID and you were like pregnant kind of in a COVID time, do you think that affected it? Or do you think they just generally did not care? <laughs> I honestly feel it was a little bit of both because um, if it was COVID, then when I was giving birth at seven months, uh, they would have scheduled a midwife to be there for me. But literally someone wasn't they like there's four midwives on the team that I was with but because my birth was scheduled because it was early uh my midwife literally missed my birth so I had no support from my midwife and it was just I honestly think it was just unorganized and it was just yeah I unfortunate that's for sure Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that support then. So you didn't have the person who, you know, assisted you helped you throughout your birth, deliver your baby. She wasn't even there. So let's talk about, I guess, that next person. Um, was your partner there to support you during your labor? Was he yeah. there during COVID? That's... Yeah. Yeah. We lived together. And honestly, um, I think I was actually in labor uh, for a day. I actually did not feel my baby move, but I was just really scared and I didn't want to go to the hospital and be told like um, something, some bad news. Right. So I was just kind of taking it easy and just staying home. And then by the time day two came around, my husband came home from work and he was just trying to tell me about work and then I was trying to respond to him. And it was like every like five minutes after like two hours, he got home and then like five minutes I would be like, Cam, okay, I need a minute. I can't talk. Sorry. And then like, and then he's just like, okay, so this is what you've been describing. Like, um, is are you in labor? Yeah. Should we be calling the midwives? And then I was just like, no, I was still in denial at that point. And that's when he was just like, okay, like we got to call the midwives and we've got to do something about it. Right. Right. Uh, so that's good. He was like there for you during that crazy, probably very stressful, scary time. What was your partner's thoughts on your cannabis consumption to treat HG during your, I mean, your, your undiagnosed HG? (laughs) Yeah. So he was also being told things around as well, like that, you know, I shouldn't be doing that. And there was just, you know, cause it's, there's so much stigma around and I just, so he was not very supportive at the start. Like he was, like it would cause fights because he was not telling me that he was not supportive about it but he would let me do it because I was telling him that it was helping me but it came down to a point where we kind of ran out of weed and then he and then I was just like I could tell I knew for a while that it was bothering him and I was just like he needs to just deal with it because it's helping me but then 
we ran out of flour, I was just, I didn't want to smoke the concentrates. So I was just like, um, until you have money or whatever. I was just actually, no, at that point I was just like, I'm just going to quit. Um, it's fine. Cause you're obviously really uncomfortable about it. And then for three days after that, I actually didn't smoke anything because we weren't even able to get flour. And uh, uh, I wasn't able to eat anything. And on the third night, he actually thought that I was putting too many spices and stuff in my food. But I knew that that was the one thing that was also helping me um, eat it as well. But so he made me really bland spaghetti. And he thought that that would help me. And I was just like, I was going to give it a try. I'm like, you know, anything <laughs> to get some food in me. And so I did. And like, I, as soon as I brought that fork to my mouth, I ran to the bathroom. And once I came out, he was, he, he, there was just such a sorry look on his face. And he had a little like dab ready for me. And he's just like, I need you to eat something. So come here and then eat that plate of food. Cause at this point he was already like, okay, she's obviously tried everything. Wow. Wow. You have, it's great that he came around, but it's also unfortunate that it took you not eating for him to believe you almost, or for him to be on board with your decision. And that's where, that's where like, uh, partners or like, you know, the dads in the situation, seeing us HG moms go through this, they don't have any like resources and the resources they're given, like you said, like from other people's stories, their first Google search, it's not correct. And so no wonder they kind of are like, whoa, like I, I can imagine myself in the, in a, in a husband or partner's shoes being like, okay, like, hold on a second. You're smoking weed during pregnancy. Like I can understand that. But then, yeah, to watch us go through that and to watch us lose the weight, to watch us not be able to eat. Um, so many partners, they finally realize it when we've sunk so low and it's just so unfortunate because that damages our physical health sometimes baby's physical health, and most definitely our mental health. Um, it's really tough to be told that, you know, you're harming your baby while you're choosing the best method of survival for you and your baby. <laughs> ah, so much strength took place for you during 2021. And then you delivered what month? In, in February uh, 2022. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And what a time for... To reflect like even that time last year to now or 2021, 2022 to now 2023, there's been such a shift in a bit of a bit of a shift in conversation. How do you feel like maybe nowadays where you live? Are there other women you've come across who have had HG? Do you think doctors are becoming more knowledgeable where you are? Like what's the vibe in BC? (laughs) I actually met um a couple other uh moms that actually went through what seems like hg and one of them was just completely ignored and she was trying to ask for like uh just iv so that she could just be at home and at least be hydrated and then be able to like live her life right and they denied that for her um and they were uh yeah they just did not actually take care of her she ended up actually giving birth early as well but it was about a week so it wasn't it wasn't too awful um and then there was another mom who actually ended up um going into early labor like me uh, but they were able to stop her labor and she was able to actually give birth at full term oh okay gotcha. but she was also going through 
HG. And like they they just she I was telling her about my experience and she was just like, oh, my God, that kind of sounds like what I was going through. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Can- Canadian hospitals and medical care have a lot a long way to go still in HG. We're so yes. uh, did you encounter yeah. any like social services of any kind? It was one uh, nurse from a program that I got into because my baby was preterm, um, the building block blocks program. And oh it's just God. annoying because she had like, she was, she wasn't even there for my pregnancy. Yeah. I just was telling her about it. And she she just literally was just like, Oh, it sounds like you had HG. And I was like, yeah, well now, now I'm familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> probably what I had. Yeah. So she was a little bit familiar, probably just cause she worked yeah. with those popular ah that doesn't make sense because obese work with our populations never mind yeah exactly oh my goodness yeah Uh, even in the because I did have an OB uh while I was giving birth as well she came in a lot actually and even she didn't say anything about yeah wow yeah and so uh how how did you find your HG recovery how has postpartum been for you um I think I was trying to forget it and that actually caused a lot of problems mm-hmm. um I actually had spaghetti for the first time in a whole year um I was able to eat it it was it actually felt good right. I've just been able to start getting my appetite back actually I don't I I microdosed um two times and um ever since then it's been uh I don't know it's like the switch in my brain or something and it's just like it feels nice it's and I'm getting back onto my routine where I meditate and I'm working out again and it's all just I feel like it's all helping me back getting back into like loving my body and feeling like it's safe again because I think that's what the that's what the real problem is right like feeling safe enough to eat food to not throw it up so right I think a lot of us HG moms struggle truly with feeling safe in our bodies wow that's so profound you're so right (laughs) um and yeah you're right mushrooms uh you and I had talked about these mushrooms you said hey Tori like what are you doing what's working for you and I said okay you're in BC, you're right in the province beside me, you have access to this, like, give it a try. Like, I think this is really going to work for you. And so I'm so happy to hear that it has had some positive effects. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing if, um, if you continue with it, like, where you go with it. And if yeah, it helps. I'm actually going to, um, once I'm fully uh, done breastfeeding, because I actually want to microdose with the uh, 0.3 or 0.4, because I don't think uh, 0.2 is having as much of an effect as it could yeah. be having. Sometimes I know that um, moms who have done it while breastfeeding, so only doing like the 0.1 or 0.2, you might notice a difference with that if you do it consistently like three to five times a week and a month or two, you would potentially see that more improvement, but it's up to you as to what you'd like to do. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome though. I'm so glad to hear that Um, because you, you experience, yeah, you experience that like similar PTSD where, yeah, you just don't feel safe. You're scared of the food it doesn't it doesn't work <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah I just honestly I just yeah it would be literally like I would have a tiny bite of applesauce and that's it I would be I would be bound to the toilet for half an hour mm-hmm. um so does you having HD in your first pregnancy does that affect your outlook on any future children so up until 
<laughs> recently I was like I'm not having kids mm-hmm. but now I don't know the sun's out um it's lots of babies around <laughs> but you know, it's oh. funny how our brain almost forgets a little bit about how it went <laughs> it's crazy because I'm like I was like no way am I doing that that's like literally going on a binge drinking alcohol you know and just waking up from a from yes. being blacked out every yes day and just recovering from that hangover just, after hangover after hangover you don't, you don't get to have the without the alcohol so you don't get to have the fun yes, exactly that's right, that's right. Yeah. It, it's a it was a it was a wild trip that's what I call it that's why I call HG a wild trip <laughs> yep literally but I know that I think I can at least do it one more time is what I'm thinking so I'm just trying to pack on some weight <laughs> yes. and if I do have HG I, I will have something to lose yeah. this time around that was my thinking as well and very important in in terms of maintaining our like prosperity and our health like if we are if we're underweight while we get pregnant it's just so hard on our bodies and no one tells us how to like no one tells us how to gain weight. Like I'm trying to get lots of messages out there to HD moms. Like, Hey, here's a recipe for weight gain. Cause no one, no one talks about it. Yeah. Everyone's and- always trying to lose weight. And it just makes me, um, it's just a weird thought. Like we have to be so worried about losing weight during pregnancy when most women are just like, Oh my God, I'm probably going to gain. Yeah. Yeah. It's- it's weird. It's honestly like a little bit scary. I can't believe yeah. I even have to worry about that. Yes, exactly. Did you face any like judgy comments from people around you in terms of like you not gaining the weight? Like, did anyone, was anyone like, oh, you're so lucky or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> Especially after, um, <laughs> I actually, last night I was at uh, families and it was the first time um, I, it was a old, older lady. She was, um, my husband's grandma's neighbor and she actually experienced HD as well. And, um, so my husband's aunt was just like, Oh my God, look at you. You don't even look like you've had a kid. And then she just responds with, well, if you don't gain weight, then you don't like, if you're throwing up all the time and you don't gain weight, then you're going to look like that. And I'm like, Wow. That was the first time I was like, oh my God, like that actually felt nice. Like you actually, you you know what it's like, I guess. And it it sucks to say that, but it just makes me, my feelings feel validated. And like, you know, it's just so annoying hearing that. Oh my God, you don't even look like you had a kid. (laughs) Especially because like I did not have the two months as well that I was. True. Yeah. I, I, I really, and especially because like she was in the hospital for a month as well. So she, it's not like after I gave birth, she was with me. Mm. So it was hard. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, how was your, oh no, you already, sorry. Never mind. I'll edit that out. You already talked about your mom. Um, uh, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add about your, your HG story? Um, oh, breastfeeding. I, it was a total nightmare. I, because she was so early, I had to, um, I had to pump, uh, her milk for her. And I, I just 
wanted I knew it would be the best thing and I'm like she will get so healthy after this and I didn't want it to be donor milk even though there's nothing wrong with that I just I knew I was able to make milk so I'm like you know what it's just I gotta put in the work and oh my god every two hours in that first month I would just set up my phone with pictures of her that would just go on a slideshow and literally just bawl my eyes out and just pump in front of this like stupid machine it was honestly oh I think think that was a little bit more traumatizing and now that I've been doing it for 14 or 15 months because her adjusted date is 13 months Mm -hmm. I'm like I don't want to stop I don't know how to stop because it was just so hard to start it in the first place of course of course and you had that added factor in too that she was early and so that yeah that there is that like almost like more focus like you're like okay I know that my milk is gonna be the best for her and it's just yeah. like you had that extra factor and like oh wow I'm so proud of you that and really takes so much dedication effort time blood sweat tears and I can totally understand where you're coming from now like having to let go of that and it's really up to every mom as to when they feel comfortable with that there's guidelines out there but not those guidelines aren't necessarily right sometimes yeah it's always changing (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yep so breast did you have any um oh if you were to share or talk to another another hg breastfeeding mom in your similar position is there any like tips or advice you might give her well if it's anything like my situation where you know you're pumping and it's that time kind of start once you're actually able to start breastfeeding and you're able to like hold your baby and like oh my gosh it's amazing look at me all the time and it was just so she's so well at holding eye contact it's just it's a good experience now that I've that whole month of just it was horrible yes it was but I was able to move past it once I was a once like she she was born three pounds and now she's she's about 25 and she's like about three pounds above average her age right now. That's awesome. It's it. I'm really, it makes me feel so good. She literally weighed nothing when she was born. Mm, Wow. Your hard work has really paid off. (laughs) Yeah. I really, you, I don't feel bad about how you're feeling. Oh my God. Cause it can be so hard. I remember I was either like, (laughs) even going through HG pregnancy, like either I'm going to pass away or like, just, I don't know, either the baby's going to be okay. And that's it. Like, I'm just going to be done. A lot of unknowns. (laughs) Right. And it's just, it's, it's a lot of craziness, but you know, I don't know what, like even regular pregnancies are. Right. Just go with the flow, honestly. And trust whatever you can. Trust what's in here, like in your heart especially especially that yeah especially that it saved me a lot when um whenever I needed it the most literally exactly exactly yeah well thank you so much for sharing your story today and I can't wait to be able to share your story now with so many more moms who are going to be like wow me too and that's (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much thank you so much for giving me the time and listening to my story as well Really appreciate it. I love it. <laughs> I love it.
love thank you yeah honestly like I just want to add like you you as well you have oh my god saved my mental health so much I thought I was crazy especially with my mom telling me a lot being like every woman goes through it you know it's fine some women just have it worse oh you really made me feel heard (laughs) I'm so glad you came across my page and I'm so glad you like you live really close to HG moms are some of the bravest women I know. We were built from darkness and had to rise above. We were given little help, resources, or community by those in charge of our care, but we created it ourselves once we could unite through the internet and tell our stories, where we could tell the truth about plant medicine and surviving HG.